This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! The 93-7 The Ticket veteran and Creed stand Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Block with Strick and Bach. I'm E. Strick here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can find us here. You can text us also at the Sutter Hammond text line at 402-464-5685. I'm my partner, Bach. We're on the second hour of On the Block with Strick and Bach. We're going to talk a little bit more about Husker basketball right now and, and kind of what are some areas and some things they need to do in order to uh, salvage <laughs> the hope for the future for the rest of this season. What things out there would you expect or what things? So text us on the Sauter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. We'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it as well. What are some things that you think they can, they can do to salvage hope for the future for this, uh, the rest of this year? And also, we want your thoughts on how many games did you think they would win in the, uh, in the Big Ten for this, uh, the rest of the season as well. Right now, they're uh, an offer. But we're hoping that they will be able to pull some games out. And uh, we want your thoughts on what those that number could be. So nonetheless, Bach, what are some of your thoughts on what do you think the Huskers will need to do in order to salvage this season and make the Husker fans and Husker alumni and Husker everywhere, Huskers for California, Huskers for New York, <laughs> Huskers right. from Texas. What What can we do to get them to feel good about this Husker basketball team as they finish out the Big Ten, the second half. Well, I slow. I, I suppose it's just kind of slow steps right now. Right now, you you wanted Nebraska to take that giant step to be a team um, that competes for the the NCAA tournament or at least the NIT. You know, you you get your first five star in Bryce McGowan's. You have a lot of players coming back. I mean, we all know the recipe looked pretty good. And it just hasn't equated to wins or too much success for this Nebraska basketball program. I suppose an easy answer is to say get to four conference wins. They had two the first year under Fred Hoiberg. They had three last year. Um, so just some sort of improvement, even if it's baby steps, is at least something. You just uh, and and that's not that's not enough. Obviously, four conference wins isn't going to get you too excited. But I guess at this point, if we're we're trying to be realistic about it, um, is that it's going to be difficult to get there. But they do. Do have uh, an easier schedule as opposed to the first half of the schedule as far as the Big Ten play goes. Um, so you you think they have some opportunities there, and then most of their games they're not like like Indiana last night. They're not completely overmatched. They're not giving up, you know, on the on the coaching staff or anything like that. Um, so I, I think that the fight will still be there. They still um, are you know kind of improving on their shooting throughout the last several games. Um, you know, rebounding still kind of needs to, you know, we, we've, we've talked all about a lot of those in-game things that they need to work on. Uh, a lot of it just comes down to just winning, though. And uh, like I said, maybe just a small improvement on where they've been the last couple of seasons would convince you that we're, that they're moving onward and upward. But um, eight eight losses in conference play to start the conference season is, is just buried the interest uh, for Nebraska basketball, I think, to a degree. And it, it happens. It's happened every year. I, I, they started out with nine conference losses last year. It, it's tough to get off the mat and, and really expect a whole lot after that sort of drubbing. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think too when I when I look at it, and I'm reminded and remember back to the times when the interest was was high, even though there may have been some skepticism about the success of the program. I, one of the things that I used to love when I, when I used to come to Devaney, whether it be for shoot around or or just before the game or the night before the game, is the student body. Literally, I mean, I would see tents. I would see tents out front. I would see them waiting. There still was an anticipation for, even though, you know, you you may not have believed that we could be in the top tier of the Big Eight at that time. Uh, we, we normally did. I mean, we found ourselves, you know, in that four or five range quite often. Sometimes we may jump up into the three range, uh, but still there was still some anticipation because they knew I, I think what they they had an idea of they knew we had an identity right so there was always a factor of you knew what you were going to get even though it may have been a loss you at least knew what you were going to get there was some form of an identity you knew um you knew the players you knew what to expect from certain players on a given night and and although you may lose, there still was a consistency in what you saw. You know what I'm saying? So you can get behind that. I think that's that's where a lot of the uncertainty comes with with this particular unit because you just don't know if you're going to get you don't know if you're going to get the uh, NC State uh, Nebraska or you don't know if you're going to get the Ohio State Nebraska. You you don't or are you going to get the Auburn Nebraska? You know those type. So there's there's still some inconsistencies on that. I know there's been some injuries, you know, losing Wilhelm and then also Trey for some time, which are guys who kind of, you, 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 you can support and get behind because you kind of know what they're going to bring to the, to the table. You know, Wilhelm, we're just kind of starting to get acclimated with him and, and what he, he does, but losing that, that type of person on the front court, it is helped Edward Andre, I would think, because I've seen progression in him, both in his physicality, both in the way that he's playing the game right now, the defense and the things that he's able to do. Um, he's gotten more physical. So it's, I think he's, you know, a guy with that type of, uh, uh, you know, rawness has been good for him. So when I look at that, I also look at what they, um, some of the things that I would like to see to round out the the, the second half of the big, the big 10 is that I would like to see those areas that we talked about for the recipe, which would be the rebounding, the consistent hustle, not just the hustle, the false hustle, the first two, um, you know, the first half of the 20, uh, I mean, the 32nd clock, um, the finish out great defenses. And I think they, they play good defense, but then they don't finish it. Right. So that's like, you know, that's like, going 75 yards, getting to the five yard line and don't finish it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You did all of that work and you don't finish it. So doing that and in, in, I would like to see improvement in IQ. You know what I'm saying? Like we talked about, we talked about things with them uh, knowing they're going to face a shot blocker, knowing that this shot blocker has done this to you on a regular basis. He starts out doing that to you. And you still just stay so bullhearted. You, you don't stop, but you've got to still understand that, you know, with IQ that I'm doing my job or the second half, they're going to do something to adjust to what I've done to you in the first half. I may have went off and, and had 18 in the first half doing it a certain way. You've got to understand in your mind, they're not going to let you do that. They're not going to let you run that play. They're not going to let you 
they're going to do and make some adjustment to that. So you have to understand how to make those adjustments as well in game. So I would like to see that. And uh, so I talked about the forming identity. I would think they would need to pick up a few signature wins. And then if they do that, you can start to see some, some progression. I think they still need a few signature wins. Uh, in order to get that interest back. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to measure it. Um, and, and obviously, it's just it's not the way that any of us had envisioned coming into the season. You hope to take a bigger step, but you still maybe want to take those small steps within the program, at least to say you're making a few. And again, that's why I just kind of circle that four, right? Get to four conference wins. I don't care you know who it is. Like you said, it'd be great if there's some signature wins there. An- another thing is just kind of when, when Big Ten tournament time comes around, you know, that's the whole season. So you've, you, there's no more excuse about not having played with each other or whatever. Um, and that's where your team is. Um, just be a team that, that, that other teams don't want to see, you know, even if it's, even if it's, you're still the, the 12 seed or whatever it is. And, and they might be the 14 seed, at least be a team that you'd say, I, I'd rather not see them in tournament play. Uh, Cause we know they can push people. They give everybody fits. They might not have won a lot of these games at the end, but it's going to be a tough out. And um, I don't know if they can do that. Certainly within the, the kind of the play in game, they can do that, and maybe maybe that's part of it. It's just kind of get a win in the Big Ten tournament with one of those bottom four teams. Prove you're not the worst team in the Big Ten. That could be a step up, right? Um, but, you know, the other thing is when you move on past that and you're playing one of the top teams in the Big Ten, you can't have it look like that Michigan game or that Auburn game where you're just so far outmatched. Um, you know, there's just not much of a reason even to throw you on the court. So, I mean, those are some things. And, and when you compare it again, it's it's just it's somewhat comparing it to the last two years, which have been really, really difficult and, and bad seasons. I, I get that. And, it, and maybe not enough small improvements, not enough if we're talking big picture, right? There's going to be expectations on Hoiberg, I think, next year um, to move the bar up quite a bit. Um, but as far as just kind of making it to that tournament fully intact, that's another thing. Year one, by the time the 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 the, the, t- the tournament hit, you were borrowing football players to to fill out your roster and play in the, in the tournament. You lost Cam Mack, um, uh, uh, you know, it, among some other players in that in that tournament play. And then year two is the same thing. Teddy Allen's gone before you get to tournament play. So I'd at least, even if this team's not very good, I'd like to see him at full strength by the end of the season to give it one last go. And, uh, and, and, and by then you hope they have some confidence they can get out of the, uh, out of the, the cellar of the big 10. I mean, these are, I mean, there's a lot of things and we've lowered our expectations to basically just get a win is what we're hoping for at this point in time. Um, but you, you, you know, you have to take baby steps first um, to get out of this hole that they've dug themselves in. And, and so, and you know, I, I'm not happy that I'm here in year three, thinking these sorts of thoughts about just not being the worst team in the big 10. Um, but I think that the, the, that the talent uh, is there, the collection of talent is there, that they can they can put it together. They just got to grind through and get some of these wins. And it, it's nothing against Trey McGowan's, but it almost it's just like things just don't line up perfectly, right? Trey McGowan's played a majority of those minutes, took a lot of Casey's minutes last night, and as well he should, he played great uh, on, on his return from injury. But then he gets a wide-open three in the corner that they desperately needed. And you're just kind of sitting there thinking – I want Casey in the corner there. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it just the the ball just never bounces in Nebraska's direction, um, seemingly. But that, that you can't go back to that excuse when you've just lost you've won seven games each of the first two seasons and you're not getting these these wins once again in year three. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be something as a a determining factor is still identifying roles. They still. Uh, haven't figured out 
what roles each other plays. Um, I think some people are kind of more alpha male-ish, so to speak. So you have that dynamic that operates. And just because you're alpha male-ish don't mean that you should play a top tier role within the structure of um, the, the, uh, the team. So I think that's something to kind of uh, weigh out and evaluate too is, is I would like to see that in the progression as an establishment of what roles do you play? And of course, being a role player, I don't think, I think people have a misconception of what a role player is. A role player is not necessarily somebody that's, you know, a, a second tier, or third tier, because people know that there are six men uh, that play at the other level that end up being the go-to guy at, at the end of the game or something like that. So it's not necessarily, I think there, everybody gets, especially maybe in this younger this younger generation, and you guys helped me on the Sauter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685 if I'm out of line or I'm speaking out of line. Regarding this, I'm, I, so I think sometimes in the younger generation, there's a misconception of what <laughs> being a role player is. Everybody is chasing the starting lineup. And, you know, there are times where I played maybe 30 minutes coming out as a six man. So you, you just have to understand what you do and what you bring to the table and be the best at that and what you bring. So if your role is to change the level of intensity on the defense or you you're there to change um the, the running game you 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 intensify the pace of the game whatever that is that you bring bring that you know what i mean if it's your job to knock down open shots be ready to do that uh so if your job is to create opportunities for the next man come in and do that well. And so that's where I think they haven't figured out yet. And that's where we get into the trouble of who's going to be taking shots when it's crunch time, we're down three points. It's three minutes left in the game. You know, who is going to make the the next shot. And sometimes where they get into the problem is verge or Bryce thinks that they have to do it. And then they try to do it against three people and they end up getting it tossed or they end up trying to, float one up there or they're driving through you know traffic and the whole team is in the paint <laughs> there's somebody open so that 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 formulation is doing your job is what you did by bringing everybody into the paint now make the next play and so uh that's the part that i think they have to get to those identifying of roles and um i think it has to happen pretty soon um you know, sometimes you have those conversations at the beginning of the season. Right? You sit down individually with both, uh, with all the players. I remember they did that in Boston. They sat Paul and they sat Antoine Walker down and said, yeah, we know what you do. And we know, the, yes, the majority of the shots are going to be with you. But you have to make plays when the time comes and trust your teammates that they're going to be ready to make the play when you deliver it to them. You know what I mean? You can't have the hero. And that – we went from where everybody thought we were going to be the worst in the league to the you know, second best record in the East, but the third ranking because you obviously have the East and the Eastern and the Pacific. So that's the part that I think they have to get to. And they maybe have to have those discussions in the offseason. 
Well, yeah, and I think those roles are obviously can, can kind of be changing, right? When you have, um, you, yeah. you know, an injured star come back and Trey McGowan's and, and like I should say star, but maybe starter come back and Trey McGowan's, and I, I think they'll probably get him back in the starting lineup. I think that that will help. Kase Tamanaga fit into more of his natural role. They've been asking too much out of Kase Tamanaga in my mind as far as being a wing player. If you were going to force him to be a, a ball handler, then I could kind of understand where they're coming from, but he's a tiny wing player. And, you know, they kind of have him helping out and, and doing that stuff. Like you said, instead of playing 30 minutes a game and, and just having to um, really be a starter and, and be, you know, everything that comes along with that. If it's, Hey, you're going to have to, to hit shots. If you want to get CJ Wilcher's minutes off the bench, we need somebody shooting. We need both of you shooting. Uh, that needs to be your mentality. And, and both of you, if you both of you are hitting then both of you will play, but we need somebody out there to be our designated shooter. And that doesn't mean just because you're not a starter that you won't be out there at the end as we, you know, kind of get the floor spacing out for Bryce um, and, and, and verge or whatever, and, and have a, an option, a kickout option there at the end. Um, so, you know, I think that that can help Tom and I, I just think with his body size, they've been asking too much out of him as a wing player. Do you think that he has, uh, too much of a future at this level as a wing player? Do you think he's going to have to kind of jump to the backcourt there? Well, he played point guard in, in junior, junior college. So he, he has handled ability. I think there's just a lack of comfort right now with him. I've seen him handle, and he's got a tremendous handle. He just, I think right now he's still unsure of himself. I think the speed of it, he's still trying to figure out coming from international play to you know, high speed collegiate play. Uh, maybe his physicality, as you said, is not there yet. I think if he bulks up just a little bit, gets a little stronger, I think he'll feel feel more confident in his handle. I think right now he just doesn't have the confidence in it. I think he's a tremendous person who can create opportunities. I've seen him do it um, as, I, as I was a referee. I just think it, it's going to take – it may not be until next year until, you know, he figures that out. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. they, they've got a lot of different roles to, like, like figure out, like you were saying. It seemed to me, too, that they were they were going to kind of force it to Bryce McGowan's when they needed a bucket, and if that didn't work within the offense, then it was get it to Verge and have him do his magic and, and at least get a shot up, uh, which I think is a pretty solid um, attempt. And then again, you know, at times it opened it up um, for, like, Trey McGowan's there for that all-important three there at the end. Did you have a problem with the lack of, of push from Alonzo Verge there at the very very last possession they were they were down like three three possessions I believe and so he kind of just kind of strolled down the floor like the the game was over and got a layup um, instead of really pushing it and trying to get a three and maybe extend the game the, the chances were very bleak that you get the win um, but at the same time you could hear from the commentators and and I kind of felt the same way like dude there's 12 seconds you can't walk up the floor you're down whatever it was eight points you're probably not going to win, but at least get a shot up, get a three. I mean, because if they did hit a three, all of a sudden it's two possessions. And maybe, you know, he's had four steals on the night. Maybe he can get something going. I just was a little bit disappointed by that, too, at the end. I don't know if that kind of came from the bench where the, the coach kind of called off the dogs or if that was just Verge not knowing time and, and, and game or if that was Verge just saying, I want two more points. And I think the easiest way to go about that is to get a layup and, and flash for a three and just kind of not go about it too quickly. I mean, I'm not going to – I can't speak – to his mindset, but I will say that I've seen enough basketball to know I've seen enough March madness to know 
that the game is never over until right. the, the time runs out. I've seen Reggie Miller decimate the hearts of the New York Knicks with <laughs> like <laughs> and being down like what you just said yeah. by three scores and literally doing it. I've seen the fans walk out of the game in Miami and the next thing you know, I mean, it looked like every every part of the game looked like it was over and the next thing you know, Ray Allen hits a big one after they had to come back. I seen Tracy McGrady score <laughs> crazy, you know, to, to win the game when he was at Houston. I don't, I think it was maybe shoot. It could have been maybe 10 or 13 points in like that, yeah. two minutes or something. It was crazy. So no, I, I, I don't want to put that in the atmosphere. I don't think that should ever be in the mindset of anyone. I, unless you're down by, eight, 10 points where, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty much settled. Then you walk the ball up and you, you, you go on your good way. But I think if you've got, a, you know, at least that 12 seconds, at least that one before that, you give it a shot, Yeah, put it in their hands to walk it up and, and settle the game and don't foul. You know what I'm saying? But if you hit it, never know, miss free throw here, throw one down, get one up quick. Never know. Yeah, that's why I was just, you know, I think they were down nine. It's because the, the final score um, indicates they're down seven. So it would have been hard to come back. Don't get me wrong. But it's just it's one of those things where if, if you call off the dogs and there's no reason to, to get the layup even uh, outside of maybe your own selfish reasons to get more points. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel especially nine, especially in the, in the, in the three point age. That's yep. three possessions. Yeah, it's a long shot. Yeah, they're probably going to hit a free throw and, and, and ruin your comeback or whatever. But you just you got to go to the end, and, and that was kind of disappointing to see. Um, but again, it's on, it's on you. You don't. I don't know. I wasn't you know in his mind. I didn't hear um, the post game kind of what went through their minds in that area um, at that time of the game. So uh, it was just. It's just a little bit disappointing to see us when when you see a team struggling and they give fight all night. And I thought they did against Indiana. I thought that was a good game. You you can kind of feel that they're getting a little bit better here and there. You know, on a, you know most nights, other when they get blown out. Um, but there's always that like like we said. That, I mean, that's quite literally coming down to the final seconds of trying to play a sixty minute or you know, uh, you know a forty minute game in this case for for college ball um, and. You know, just just not giving it your all toward toward the end, but it is what it is. He still had a pretty solid game, um, so I don't want to make this a whole segment about you know piling on Alonzo Verge. Uh, I think he's still a key piece to them moving forward, obviously. And and like I said, a guy that they go to if they can't get the 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 bucket that they need to within the offense, he's he's their go to piece down the stretch. Absolutely. So you know, we'll close that segment out. We definitely beat a dead horse on that one. Because it's it, it was good. It was good information, though. And uh, we're going to come back uh, after the break. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rams-Arizona game and the blowout that happened there. It just was never even close. But we're also touch on the upcoming games for the divisional rounds when we come back right here on On the Block with Stricken Bach. 